Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Let's bring in Lee Richardson, um, talk about this issue of mental health and looking at TikTok and other social media too, Lee, as we see that because there's a there's a huge impact here and it it's it's disturbing when you see you know, the experts come out and talk about these algorithms. And in particular, I will say for girls and for teenage, teenage girls, young girls as young as eight, nine, ten years old, and even into the college years. It's an interesting situation we have going on with social media right now. And it's become ingrained. It's, it's an expectation that's part of our daily life. And there's this new study, as we talked to Lee Richardson about this, um, the new 2023 study of middle school-aged children showing some, some pretty alarming findings as far as scientists recruiting these children around age 12-ish, middle school, and the children surveyed regarding their social media usage, and then actually conducting these MRIs. Can you talk about the study and the imaging, this is, to me, this is a shocking study that says that actually the use of these social media um, platforms could actually change your brain. I, I, that's stunning. Well, the, uh, an fMRI looks at the structure of the brain. And you have to remember the brain is still growing. The brain's not fully developed until you're in your mid to late 20s. So, but the way the, the brain's wiring and firing, in, is what creates the changes. You've got electrical changes. You've got chemical changes. And when you're, anytime you're looking at something or you're doing something that you really, really like, that brain starts to kick out dopamine, a really feel-good neurotransmitter. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, then it goes from I like that, I like that, to I want that, I want that, I want that. And then, you know, where it gets to, I get to, I need that, I need that. And what concerns me most about social media and, and everyone, it's, a, it's the feedback. If that's your feedback loop on how you're doing in life, that's an inaccurate measure. And you're somebody, Lee, I mean, I know you've you studied uh, human behavior for more than 30 years and we've, we've talked to you about your journey that, yes, you focused initially on organizational behavior, then shifted to human behavior um, back in 2003, and that was when your son had a traumatic brain injury. So you're somebody, not only as a, as a professional who, you know, clinical director of the Brain Performance Center, 
so from the professional side, but then you personally as a mom went through dealing with a child with a traumatic brain injury. When you, when you look at a study like this, Lee Richardson, and we think about MRIs being performed on kids as young as 12 years old and finding out that these, I guess the way that part of it to me is, is it part of the way that they want the algorithms to go, that they make it sort of addicted, addictive and uh, spike their serotonin levels or what's happening here? Well, I just think with social media, what you're doing is you're engaging the reward system in the brain. And that ties into that dopamine, but you're re- you're rewarding the brain when it sees something. And it's that instantaneous gratification. That's another concern I have. Not everything is going to respond to you within 10 seconds. As we get older in life, we learn that not everything will respond to you in 10 minutes. But if your expectation is that you're going to get an immediate response. And I've worked with clients a lot older than the the 12 to 13 that if they post something on social media and if they don't get three or four or more likes within the, the first three minutes, they're obsessed. Oh, my gosh, nobody saw my post. What did I do wrong? And that's that dependent on that feedback. And that causes us to isolate ourselves. It causes us to turn within. We become more insular. And that's one thing that I think that we've seen with COVID. We, we, that was our psychological safety then, yes. to, to stay inside. But we've got to come out. And now that we're coming out, we're used to using social media. I mean, during COVID, kids use social media for school. They use Zoom. I can't. Kids tell me all the time they get their homework. They look at online. They get their homework assignment and their grades. It's part of our daily life, but how we manage it. And I was really happy to see this study because I don't think, I mean, not everybody has that access to an fMRI. Mm-hmm. I don't at the Brain Performance Center, but I certainly have access to being able to perform a QEEG. I certainly have access to look at the neuroplasticity in somebody's brain. And if we start looking at those things and we can see, when you see a difference in the numbers or you see a difference in the volume, that's alarming. And I think that's what it's going to take to kind of wake us all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this. so a piece of this, and we heard about this, that there were some social media users, especially TikTok, and there was there was a link or there were parents who were speaking out saying that certain teenagers or kids might be susceptible to that, some, some kind of a Tourette's syndrome. And so this manifested in a, a physical way that they, you know, ultimately were diagnosed with a Tourette's syndrome. And I know that they had they had linked that to these teenagers and we had heard that but we thought okay this is something that that maybe they were susceptible or that they had some kind of a likelihood for but to me as we talked to lee richardson here i just think this is a something for a broader audience for everybody to consider that this could i imagine if it's actually changing the way a child you know if it's changing the analytics of their you know brain imaging or whatever then does it change the way they view themselves? I mean, part of the study was that it said that maybe they become hypersensitive to feedback, even if they're in person, or that now it, it puts them on a different pathway psychologically could lead to depression 
or other maybe addictive natures. I don't know. But this, to me, as as a parent, this is concerning. Well, and I'm happy to hear you say that because as a parent, we should be looking at brain health the same way that we look at physical health. And I think every year, you know, to start school, you have to have your vaccinations. You have to have a physical health exam. You ought to be having a brain health exam at the same time. And that doesn't that people are like, well, I don't know. I don't know where to go to get that. Well, talk to your talk to your primary care physician. Talk to a, a mental health organization. Talk talk to the Brain Performance Center. I'm happy to give general guidance on what you can do. But honestly, it starts with behavior and kids that age model behavior. And I think the one thing that we can all do as parents, as grandparents, for our for mental health is to model the, the behavior that we want to see our kids. Oh, sure, you like social media. So, you know, if you want to look at it three times a day, well, bring it in. I'd like to look at it with you. Oh, that's so silly. Let's turn it off. You've got to manage it. You've got to put some expectations around it because too many times we'll all see parents hand a phone in the grocery store. They'll hand their, their child a phone um, in different places because it's entertaining. And I'm sure that the first thing that they do is they, they go to some social media. I've seen a four-year-old take a phone and bring up a movie. I don't know how to do that. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, as I look through th- this latest study, and I guess it was one of the places it was posted was on Kevin MD, and this was with a, a neurosurgeon who, you know, had put this out here. So it's considered apparently a, a legit study. But another concerning piece of this is that that, that MRI showed that regular and habitual social media users had significantly different brain activity than those who did not pay much attention to platforms like Snapchat, which all the kids are on nowadays. But one of the pieces that caught my attention was they talked about executive um, executive functions. And when you think about executive functions, like focusing attention, that's part of ADHD, right? It has to do with decision-making, I believe, and you're the expert here, but to me, then I want my next step, and maybe I'm making a leap here, well, my next step is, uh-oh, could habitual use in some of these social media platforms actually trigger ADHD or make it worse in kids and then impact you know, their level of learning and their level of decision-making? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, I think you bring up some good points because the prefrontal cortex, and that's where executive function lives in the brain, is the very last part of the brain to develop. It doesn't develop until the mid to the late 20s. So if you're taxing that part of the brain where you're lacking in resources to start, you're not building good memories. You're not building strength. You're reinforcing weakness. And I think that when we when we get... To me, social media has a lot to do with processing, how you process the information, because it comes at you so quickly Mm -hmm. that you don't have time to stop and think about it. All you have time to do is react to it. And when you're in that reactionary mode, where's where's logic? Where's, Where's reasoning? You know what I would love to see? Pennsylvania, Amish country. I would actually love to see somebody study kids like the Amish or kids in communities where they've never had all these devices. Because it makes part of me, it makes me wonder, especially post-pandemic, nowadays you have less books and their kids are on a tablet. So in other words, in school all day, they have to be on a computer or a tablet. And that's where they get their homework. They're communicating with teachers and educators, depending on the school, but it's pretty widespread. I even wonder moving forward, if they just get the computers and the tablets out of you know, mainstream classrooms. I mean, maybe for some you might need it, but maybe overall what we're learning from this, maybe we just go back to books and paper and print and just kind of take out the even the temptation while they're on there to, you know, start Googling or whatever. Maybe we just go back to old school books, paper and pencil. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Personally, I really do. And I still love, I don't have a Kindle. One year I got one for Christmas and I, I tried to use it. And I'm like, mm, no. I like the way a book feels in my hands. Yeah. I, like, I, I like to hold that book. And I think that, that that engages me. If it engages me, I get more engaged in the learning process. So I think you make a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I even, I remember, because my kids went to um, Catholic school, and the nuns would always say to, to them, they want to teach them to write cursive, and they would talk about the studies that show when you write, when you physically write, like your name or your writing, there's something, you know, and you probably, you as, as a medical professional, you could explain this, but they would just say that it's important not to type something, because from your brain to your arm to your hand, there's this connection and when you're Absolutely. writing something, right, it's a key to learning? Absolutely. Every part of your body connects to your brain. And it, it's amazing. And that's where the Tourette's comes in, that's symptomatic of, of the sensory motor strip and the tics. And so just the, the brain and the body, you can't separate. They are one. And that connection, that impacts how the brain shares information. That impacts the timing in the brain. Those nuns were far ahead of their time. <laughs> so I wonder what advice you would have um, as, as a mom and as, and as a professional there at the Brain Performance Center. But what, what advice would you have to say, because it's tough. As a parent, it sounds easy. And there are a lot of people who've, who've already raised their kids and they'll say, oh, 
get your kids off of those devices and why do you have, why do you even allow that? It's not as easy as it sounds, but what advice would you give as far as trying to find new activities or different activities to get them off the devices? I would put a tremendous amount of emphasis around brain health. Not it's wrong, it's bad, it's good, but do you want to keep your brain healthy? Do you want your brain to work as, you know, the best it can? I say that every day to old and young, and the answer is always, yeah, and enthusiastic, <laughs> yeah. And I think that, well, then you have to make, you have to explain what makes a brain healthy and what, and anything in balance can bring some joy, but it's all about the balance. And honestly, when I've worked with families, and when you stop and when they say, when I stopped and look at how much joy I really got out of it, not much. I was bored. I needed something to do. And then they realize, well, you know what? When you're bored, you can pick up a book. You can sit down as a family. You can watch a movie together. You can play cards. There's all kinds of things that you can do to keep you from getting bored. So that's that's one piece of advice I would give. And the second piece is, is I would talk to my kids on a daily basis and just say, how's your brain working? What can I do to make your brain work better? Do you want to, let's do some research. Oh my gosh, look at this. Do you know what good brain food is? Dark chocolate. That's good for your brain. I mean, you can engage kids in a healthy way. Yeah, and I and the truth is you're walking the walk, you know, because you're somebody who you have a master of business administration um, degree, master of science in counseling, and, and in the PhD psychology program. So you actually are moving toward yet another degree. So the learning never stops for you. No, it doesn't. And that's what keeps that we talked about neuroplasticity. Learning to do new things creates neuroplasticity in the brain. And if you want, if you're right-handed, I challenge you, start using your left hand to use the mouse on your computer. It's a lot harder than you think it will be, or it has been for me. <laughs> and I keep, I keep telling myself, I'm creating neuroplasticity. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I love it. You give great advice for everybody, but I guess we all have to... It's sort of like yoga for the brain, I guess, is is what you're talking about. Uh, Lee Richardson, until next time, and Lee, of course, is also the author of Turn Your Brain On to Get Your Game On, international speaker, very popular syndicated radio host uh, for Your Head podcast as well. You do so much. I don't know how you have time for it all. And in addition to going for yet another huge degree. So thank you, Lee. And until next time, um, we'll, we really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 